The Start On Demand. On demand. Portage Place, up for sale? City councillors were set to meet behind closed doors Friday to discuss the possibility of selling the downtown shopping centre. What should go there? Premier Brian Pallister agrees with Munther Zeed from Food Fair that it makes no sense that casinos, liquor stores and cannabis stores can be open on holidays but not grocery stores, so Pallister says the province is looking at that law. And which song lyrics have you misheard? Producer Jeff Fortier played Black Betty on Thursday. Loyal listener Uliana texted us an amusing meme with different lyrics for the Bamalam part of Black Betty, so we had a great conversation throughout the show Friday with all kinds of amazing wrong lyrics suggested by you. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and a vacationing Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, and this is the Friday, July 5th podcast for The Start. Thank you very much, Jeff Braun, Mackling, and McGarry. McNabb back Tuesday. It's me and KK on Monday because Mackling is off next week. All right, have you checked out yet? Loren had already checked out about halfway through Thursday last week. Oh, yeah, I'm making my plans for next week already. Yeah. Although I'm going to be back in the city Monday night, I found out. Everybody thinks when concerts come to town, we just kind of just saunter up to someone. There's some magician in the building and, hey, can I have tickets for this concert and this event and that event? No, that's not how it happens. But there were a couple of sets of tickets for Brian Adams made available oh, for staff. Nice. And my name went into the draw, draw and I managed to come out with a couple of tickets. So going to go see Brian Adams for the first time since 1983. Nice. Brian, Brian Adams has such a endless catalog of amazing music and to the point where there are radio stations out there where they will program their music and I don't I don't never worked in FM radio but so I don't know exactly how it works but I think you you sort of plug in a formula where you need X amount of this kind of song and X amount of that kind of song and you need your Canadian content and it kind of spits out uh, a program, and then you go in and you tweak it manually. And but some stations will specifically go in just to insert Brian Adams songs throughout the day to make sure that there are enough Brian Adams songs because he there plays so well on the radio. And uh, you could play almost any Brian Adams song, and I would be happy. And actually, we're gonna there, Brian Adams is gonna come up in our next segment. Uh, so we'll get to that. But I'm excited for you to go. Did you get good seats? I have no idea where I'm sitting. It doesn't really matter to me. The last time I saw Brian Adams, he was opening for Loverboy at the Winnipeg Arena. Oh, wow. My mom took me to that concert with a diaper wrapped around my eyes. <laughs> it was a surprise. And my brother and I unveiled inside Winnipeg Arena. Do you guys know why we're here? Nope. We had to ask the usher, what's going on here tonight? <laughs> really? Yes. With a diaper. Yeah, it was a blindfold. As a you know, cloth diaper as a as a blindfold. Oh, okay. Yeah. My my mom had five kids, so <laughs> we always had cloth <laughs> diapers around. <the> house. <laughs> well, man, that's exciting. So good. Hopefully, you wake up the neighbors. Then I do my Monday. best to wake up the neighbors. Hopefully, the bombers wake up the neighbors tonight. Well, don't wake up the red blacks. Is probably the key. Yeah. Just going to Ottawa, a little un- under the radar. No Adam Big Hill tonight. We'll talk to Bob Irving in about an hour's time to uh, set things up for you. 
How how scary is that that the Bombers are without Big Hill? I think it's a big deal, but uh, this is a deep team. They've got a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. It's an opportunity for Kyrie Wilson uh, to come in and and show and and strut his stuff. Guys on football teams, it's always this next man up mentality. Coaches don't get overly concerned when guys go down because you're, there's always an understudy. There's always somebody that's supposed to be ready to go in. It's like a conveyor belt. And clearly there are talent differences with your top end guys, and Big Hill would be right at the top of that list. But football is a very much a team sport, and it's supposed to be the attitude that the next guy should be able to do. Maybe not exactly what Big Hill does, but if he follows the systems, does what he's supposed to do, still should be effective. All right, so we'll talk more Bombers at 7.07 and at 8.37 this morning. Kelly Moore has put together a little preview package for you. And some couple of really huge stories in terms of retail. Yeah. One of them involving... Yesterday we were talking about Hudson's Bay, but that didn't end up being the bombshell that came out of downtown Winnipeg, but Portage Place. Yes. Um, Depending on who you listen to, the mall has been for sale for some time. Uh, We've confirmed that it is for sale and that there is going to be a meeting this morning surrounding the possibility of a sale of Portage Place and... You know, yesterday I said this a couple of times. I don't know if I said it on air. I may have. Ten years ago, when we were discussing the Bay and the possibility of that store maybe closing altogether in light of some announcements from the Bay corporate yesterday, that would have been a bombshell that I don't know Winnipeg could have handled. It would have been a really big deal. I see that possibility as opportunity. And now today, this discussion around Portage Place, I see it exactly the same way. Ten years ago, I think we might have been, oh my goodness, what does this say? I think this might say we have a genuine opportunity to revamp what that building looks like, what it does. Um, It's genuinely a hole in the heart of downtown. A lot of people refuse to go to Portage Place because of certain reasons, most of which seem to be a a safety factor. Uh, Lots of opportunity to talk about that this morning. I think it's exciting, not scary in any way, shape, or form. And then the province, and you know, I got to give the province some credit. Uh, the, The province could have dug its heels in and been stubborn, but to hear the premier show some common sense and agree with Munthrazid and Food Fair to say there's a contradiction here that we allow liquor stores and casinos and cannabis stores to open, but you can't open a grocery store on holidays. So they're going to, the fact that they're going to look at that, I, I salute them for that. I do too. I think uh, I, I love to hear matter of fact language from our leaders. And that's exactly what we heard from the premier yesterday. Look, we have to take a look at that and we're doing it. So, yeah, I tip my hat to the Premier as well. And you should tip your uh, terrific Winnipeg Thunder hat that you're wearing this morning to the Premier as well, I think. Oh, there you go. I just, <laughs> just poking the microphone with the beak of my cap. Mackling and McGarry. McNabb back next week. Yesterday, Jeff Forte played this song. Black Betty by Ram Jam. Coming into one of the segments. And one of our listeners, Uliana, immediately, like, I don't know she, if, if this is like a go-to meme for her. She sent it within like 10 seconds. It was fantastic. And it's a meme where in the middle of, it's a layout of four pictures. It's four square pictures. And it says, whoa, Black Betty, 
And then on the top left, there's a picture of Bramble Jam. Whoa, Black Betty, Bramble Jam. Whoa, Black Betty, Rambutans. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> Some sort of fruit, I don't know. Yeah, it looks like a fuzzy fruit or something. Whoa, Black Betty, Pam Balam. There's a picture of someone's Facebook profile, a woman named Pam Balam. And then the last one is a couple of panda lamps. Whoa, Black Betty, Panda Lamps. <laughs> I did not get that. I, did, I was wondering what the fourth one was. Panda Lamps. It took me a second. <laughs> and then, coincidentally, yesterday, our colleagues down the hall, Power 97, Kirby from Philly Joe and Kirby, she tweets out, admitting to misheard song lyrics on the show today, for years, I sang along to Summer of 69 by Brian Adams. Mm-hmm. What are the first lyrics of that song? I got my first real six string. Well, she thought for a decade that the lyrics were got my first real sex dream. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> so we, oh my! So we wanted to go back to this conversation and you can text us your favorite misheard song lyrics at uh, 204-780-6868. Now Greg, you pulled a couple of clips here. Do you want to set them up or should I just hit this? Uh, well, I remember the first time that I figured out this lyric and celebrated with a high five with my mom. Uh, that would be the first one. lump or two. Do you take sugar one lump or two? And I, I was about 16, 17, and I was really proud of myself. I figured that one out without reading the lyric sheet. Okay. Yeah. Is that, is that what it is? One lump or two? Do you take sugar one lump or two? Oh my God. Yes. So I, I celebrated that. And then I think the last time we discussed this, a couple of years ago, our executive producer who's on maternity leave right now, Kim Lawson, admitted that she had been singing one thing for this next song. You want, you want to play it? Yeah. Go. Right, Van Halen? Yeah. 1984? Okay. And there's lots of complicated lyrics in that song. Okay. Did you know what she used to say? Well, it's, it's Panama. It's Panama. Okay. She thought it was Cannonball. Cannonball! Cannonball. <laughs> so later that day, of course, I get home. Jackie goes, I heard that segment with King... This morning, I thought it was Cannonball, too. Really? <laughs> I said, you've been to see Van Halen with me. How did you not know that was Panama? Well, and that's it's funny that you mentioned the, the lump of sugar. I admit, I, I I am notorious for not ever learning the lyrics. I can't, I don't know what it is, but I just, I can't pick lyrics out of a song. Right. So I just enjoy the song, and sometimes I'll make up my own lyrics, knowing that they're not the real lyrics. But I found a, an article here from Huffington Post that... They have 13 commonly misheard song lyrics that are way funnier than the real ones. And here's one from the Monkees. Oh, then I saw her face. Now I'm a believer. So their version is, and I guess, and I do like this version better. Then I saw her face. Now I'm going to leave her. <laughs> uh-huh. So there's... Blind date that maybe didn't go the way it was supposed to. Here's Bon Jovi. Make a 
difference if we make it or not. Doesn't matter if we're naked or not. Okay. That's the the, the commonly heard. Okay. Uh, This is one that caught you off guard this morning. You big disgrace. Kicking your can all over the place. Kicking your cat all over the place. I can't believe you. You, you thought that was what it was? I, I wasn't sure. I thought it can't be kicking your cat all over the place. Uh, this is probably one of the all-time classics. Sorry, there's a bathroom on the right? And then one from uh, Jimi Hendrix. Excuse me while I kiss this guy. Come on. So you can text us your favorite misheard song <laughs> lyrics. 204-780-6868. Did we give uh, we got one here? We've got three, but I'm just gonna read this last one. You give love a band-aid. <laughs> 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 hey, coming up in sports with Kaylee Moore, the CFL's two remaining undefeated teams go mano y mano tonight in Ottawa. And even a pair of home runs from an unlikely source could not save the Blue Jays from another loss. Kelly Moore with sports after your weather. Next. Jeff Forte behind the board throughout the show. He's going to be playing, (laughs) coming into each segment with various misheard song lyrics because we talked about that in our previous half hour. Songs that you have maybe misheard. We're getting a lot of feedback at 204-780-6868. I'm drying the tears out of my eyes. Some of these are so funny. Like what? Well, uh, how about we do two here? One of my favorite Trooper songs, and this is from a first-time texter. Welcome. It's 780-6868. A friend of mine always thought Trooper's a three dressed up as a nine Mm -hmm. was a queen dressed up as a knight. I don't know that I'd have to hear the song. It's it's one of Trooper's best songs. Take my word for it. Okay. And uh, uh, this one that got us both basically rolling on the floor. It's not a song, Mm -hmm. but the Winnipeg Key jingle I hear on CJOB. Yeah. I hear it as kids cost less at Winnipeg <laughs> Kia. <laughs> Not sure why they are selling kids at Winnipeg Kia and why would you want to buy one? Oh, here we go. Here's Trooper. Three dressed up as a nine. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, wait a minute. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Coming on, coming off. Wow, you know this. Like one. you're some kind of movie star. Wow. I'm impressed. Say what you like. <laughs> oh, it's the next that's the next verse. Oh, okay. Is the lyric coming up? It's coming up. Jeff says, I think so. I'm excited. Here we go. Little drum. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
That's actually kind of a mean line. It is. It is. It's sort of like uh, who did black cars look better in the shade? Okay. Uh, Gino Vanelli or somebody, what well, Canadian artist oh, yeah, did that, yeah. right? Was yep. that Gino Vanelli? Yeah. It's sort of the same sort of idea. You, you looked a lot better in the dark, I think, is basically what he was trying to say. But Trish, I love that observation on the Kia jingle. Have fun with one of our, our friends from Kia. Kids cost less than Winnipeg Kia. <laughs> <laughs> so keep sending us those texts at 204-780-6868. We also put a post on Facebook that you can weigh in on on misheard song lyrics, and we will revisit that throughout the show. And we want to talk now about holiday shopping. Yeah, the Premier of Manitoba yesterday said that it is, in fact, time to look at the regulations which have led to visits from provincial officials on two separate occasions on the last two statutory holidays to the same grocery store, which has been open in defiance of the Retail Sales Act. So we'll have to take a look at changing the law, right? And that's underway. That discussion is happening. Uh, I like that, Frank response from the Premier. The food fair at 2285 Portage Avenue received requests for employee information on two separate visits, the first on Good Friday, the last on Canada Day from the provincial government. The Zeed family, who run five food fair locations in Winnipeg, have been opening their doors every day of the year, except Christmas Day, for some time now. They seem to be the target of an aggressive look at this practice by the Labour Department. There seems to be support for the Zeeds in their defiance of the law. A majority of you seem to think it is time to take another look at what is allowed to be open and when, as you heard, the Premier of Manitoba agrees. Richard and Julie caught up with Munther Zeed, who is at a family wedding in the West Bank, and got his response to the Premier's comments. Well, I'm happy that they're acknowledging it finally and uh, possibly wanting to do something about it. Uh, I hope it's not just something to calm the situation down because it's uh, election time. I mean, nobody likes to have bad press around election time. Uh, but, I mean, the people have spoken. I mean, uh, the support is unbelievable. The, the people of Winnipeg and Manitoba have really shown a lot of support, and they want the service. I mean, our communities that our stores are in want the, uh, want the stores open. Even in other communities, uh, they want it. I mean, it was shown this Canada Day, even other stores besides us were open, and uh, the stores were busy. Well, Munther, does this give you a little more ammunition to fight those tickets? Well, so far it's just one ticket, and uh, from what I've heard, like, I'm not in Winnipeg. I was not, I I left on uh, July 1st, as you know, uh, to prepare for my daughter's wedding in the Middle East, but from what I heard, uh, they only visited one store my store at 2285 Portage Avenue. And I'm wondering why. I mean, there was other stores that were open. I mean, my other four were open. I know of other retailers that were open. And the only store they visited was mine. Why? Side note, the sound quality and reception from Munther's cell phone in Palestine. Talking to him across the ocean sounds better than talking to him in Winnipeg. I would agree wholeheartedly on that, Brett McGarry. We discussed that yesterday. Now, one of the more popular arguments in support of food fair is the fact that casinos, liquor stores, and cannabis retailers are allowed to open on the days food fair was questioned. Munther clarified what was requested and... Uh, when, and his thoughts on the correlation. Uh, Well, they wanted that the last time, too, and we gave them a list of the employees, uh, their names and everything, but they're asking for addresses and phone numbers and stuff like that, and our staff have expressed concerns going, 
I don't want him having it. How do I know he's a government employee? What do they want it for? Now, Palliser says... Palliser says he agrees with you on the contradiction that liquor stores and casinos being open on holidays and you're not allowed to open. What if the government comes back and says, we're going to shut down the casinos and the liquor stores on these holidays? Would you then shut down? You know what? Probably not. The only reason is, is uh, we again, we've been opening up before the casinos were there, before the uh, liquor stores were there, before the pot stores were there. The communities have gotten used to having grocery stores open. People are living day to day. It's a free market. Um, I don't think they'll ever close the casinos. I mean, saying if they will, I doubt it. I mean, I think you'll probably have more people complaining about that. Uh, or probably just as much as complaints as the grocery stores. They want all those all those services open all the time. They want to be able to buy when they need it. They don't want to have to buy in advance. Now, the city may end up having the ultimate decision on these hours. Do you think you'd have support at the city level to be open on, on holidays? Yes, I truly believe. I mean, you'd have to come to the store on one of those days and see how many counselors... MLAs, MPs come into the stores that day and shop. All right. So if you were against reviewing this, did the Premier's comments move the needle for you? Are you impressed with the Premier's comments? All sorts of reaction we'd like to get from you on this topic. I know we've been discussing it since Tuesday, uh, but I think we've moved the needle on the conversation clearly. Putting a spotlight on this has the government reacting, and both uh, Brett and I on the record earlier this morning as uh, tipping our caps to the Premier for speaking up so quickly and bluntly on this. Yeah, regardless of what what motivated the province to look at this, whether it was bowing simply bowing to public pressure or if it was simply sitting around the table saying, you know what, guys, like, come on, this is stupid. Right. I, I think it's great that they're looking at this because it's it's just moronic to me that a grocery store can't be open, but you can go buy marijuana or that you can go buy liquor or go gamble. Basically, everything, as one of our listeners pointed out, everything involving sin mm-hmm. is okay, where the province can make make a bunch of tax dollars, but if you want to sell a loaf of bread, that's not right. So good for the province for looking at this. Hopefully this is something that they can move on swiftly uh, as opposed to drag their heels. Although, what do you think the timeline on this would be? Like 2022, we'll see the change come into place? Well, we've got to get through the election. We probably can't pass any laws uh, next year because it's Manitoba 150th birthday, so we won't be able to talk about politics at all next year. I'm being facetious, of course. Maybe next year we'll see something... uh, uh, come to the writ, as they say, um, when we reconvene the legislature following the October election. We're oh, get- no, September. Geez, there's one in October, but that would be the parliamentary election. Gee, we're going to be busy. We're getting more song lyrics, misheard song lyrics. Here's one that we're getting a lot this morning. It's smoke on the water. Smoke on the water, a fire in the sky. Right. The lyric, but That's we're getting, deep purple, right? I think so, yeah. I think so, too. But we're getting a lot of slow-walking Walter, the fire engine guy. Well, Walter's pretty famous because <laughs> we've heard that from two or three people. Yeah. That that's a popular lyric. I don't know who Walter is, but if he would identify himself, we'd love to interview him.
Blackwing and McGarry McNabb back next week. McNabb back next week. I think I just tried to combine five words in one there. <laughs> Jeff Braun's here. Kelly Moore is here. Jeff Forte. Kelly Moore, you just referenced one of two songs you learned to play on the guitar. Yeah. Twenty-five to six to four, Chicago. Oh, only wow. two. That, that and "Smoke so. on the Water." The only two songs I ever learned how to play. Well, "Smoke on the Water" is lesson one at, for every guitar student. So it's the first one they teach you. I Thank that. you for bursting I my that, bubble. I learned run. that on day one. Really? Yes. Yeah. Did you learn any other songs? I did. I learned a bunch of twenty-five to six to four. Too. I did not learn okay. that. I learned a bunch of Metallica songs. <laughs> oh, like what? Well, like the Black Album and a bunch of others, much slower, slower pace than what those guys play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can keep weighing in with your misheard song oh, lyrics at two four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty. But right now, we want to talk about Portage Place because there's this closed door meeting happening today with some city councilors talking about a possible sale for the mall. Yesterday, we were were speculating about Hudson's Bay Company because there was word that Hudson's Bay was looking to close some stores, and we were wondering maybe if the downtown store, but then we learned out of nowhere that Portage Place up for sale. Yeah, the, the, I mean... Uh the consensus seems to be that the mall has been available yeah. for sale for some time for the right price uh, to the right buyer. Uh, we will find out. I've got a, an email out to the mayor's office to get clarification what this meeting is about, when is it taking place, etc., etc. Hopefully we'll get some answers on that. But it begs the question, what would you like to see there instead? Because clearly what's there now does not work. Kelly Moore, they actually have paper on the bus shelter that they're supposedly tearing down. This has been for months now. You can't get in there anymore. A lot of people like to see that entire mall closed in the same fashion. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure, but you always hear that uh, one of the things that, that doesn't necessarily hold big events from coming here uh, but does cause for, uh, you know, second uh, doubts and that sort of thing, is the lack of prime hotel space. So I'm thinking that would be a, a great location uh, to build another luxury hotel if those are the kind of events that we're trying to attract to Winnipeg, whether it's conventions and, and that sort of thing. Like, we've got that big aviation convention coming up in September that was just announced. You know, and so I think of, of events like that that bring a lot of dollars into this city. Uh, I think a, a, a major hotel would probably bring more dollars in than the existing client. Mm, interesting. Jeff? Like a gravel surface parking lot? That'd be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have any of those in Winnipeg. We need one of those. I couldn't tell you what I, what I would like to oh. see there, but I, I can tell you that it, it kind of makes me sad to see what's happened with that mall. Like, I... I don't even know how much money I spent in the HMV in that Portage Place. They had the big one where they had that separate room on the side, do you remember, where they sold all their specialized music with lots of imported music, tons of electronic music, which I used to love and still enjoy. But they sold imported CD singles, uh, which would sometimes cost like $17, $20 for one song. But, I mean, they would usually come with like five or six remixes, and techno songs were often like 10 minutes long. So you'd still be paying for the equivalent of a regular album, at least in terms of time. But I've spent hundreds of dollars, if not thousands, in that HMV. So I have lots of great memories of Portage Place. And another thing that always bugged me about Portage Place, do you remember when they shot the movie, the Christmas movie there? I think it was Christmas Rush. Tristan was no, in that. 
Christmas Rush. I wasn't going to go there, but yes, Justin yes, Field was. Jones was in Christmas Rush. Oh, good lord! <laughs> but uh, they had the best display for the, the Santa Claus display. It was impressive. They, they transformed the center court. It was so amazing. And if I were worked at Portage Place, I would have said to the movie company, "Can we buy this from you?" Mm-hmm. But no, they didn't. And then when December rolled around, they put up their usual sad display. Mm-hmm. Uh, How much did City Place also affect? You know, Portage Place. Like, how many malls do you need downtown? Well, I think that it was just a North American thing. There wasn't a major city in North America, maybe outside of New York, that didn't go, I know how we'll fix the fleeing to the suburbs. We'll build a mall downtown. Everybody did it. It was the big, it was the answer for everything uh, in downtowns back in the 80s. And... Winnipeg bought in on it, and you're right. You could go from the bay, and then you go across. You go through Portage Place, and then you go back across Portage. You go through Eaton's, and in City Place, he had like 400 stores downtown at one point, and it was great, but... Time yeah. to change. When yeah. I, well, when I was a kid living in Altona, we would do that every, probably once a year, come to the city on a weekend in the winter, and we'd stay downtown at what's now the Delta, I guess, or whatever, and Dad would park the van, and we wouldn't have to go outside in the cold at all all weekend, and we'd do all sorts of stuff downtown. Thank you very much, Jeff Braun, Mackling and McGarry. Another misheard song lyric. Tom Petty's Free Fallen. I mm-hmm. think it's coming in right away here. She's a good girl. Loves her mama. Loves Jesus. That's the lyric right there from a listener at 204-780-6868. Always thought the line, loves her mama, loves Jesus, was loves Jesus. Okay. It's, that's an easy mistake to make. I, mean, I would say you could make that mistake. Who doesn't love cheeses? Yeah, well, my mom would have sang loves cheesies. So oh, there cheesies. you go. I just went to the Bothwell Fromagerie the other day to pick up some of that Munster cheese with uh, the red sort of skin on it. And? Uh, delicious. And I got some three-year-old uh, uh, cheddar. I love their cheese. Are so. you uh, regular at the fromagerie? Yeah, it's kind of become uh, like a bi-weekly visit because it's just on the block. I can walk there. So they're super friendly there. So, yeah. I, I'm envious of you because you've lived in, on Corridan yep. and now, uh, can we say where you live? I live on Provence. Okay. And so this idea of engaging with the, with the street uh, they're not vendors, but they're, they're businesses. And to have them within walking distance, I think is fantastic. Something we need more of in our city. Yeah, it's nice to be able to just walk down the street and go buy cheese and then go and see Constance at uh, the Chocolatier. Uh, browse by G, where I got my brows, uh, my brow game fixed up is right down the street. So, uh, <laughs> so that, that's a reminder. I need to go back there. But your caterpillars look fine. Um, Forest tent caterpillars. Indeed. Do you need a grocery store on that stretch? That's the one thing. I mean, there, to, to be fair, there is a Safeway not far. No, but it's not within walking distance. Nah, 20, in the summertime, I suppose it would be. It's 20 minutes, and I, I actually did walk there through the winter, even in the, okay. the, the cold. You're tougher than me. But uh, it's a 20-minute it's a walk. So, yeah, like when I lived on Corden, I could walk 10 minutes up to Food Fair. But there was also a Safeway, which was 20 minutes away. Not, I mean, walking distance, okay for me. But, yeah, it, it would be nice if there was something a bit closer 
Uh, usually what I do if I need to go to the grocery store is I go to the Safeway. Like when we leave, when I leave work, I go to the mm. one right over at Madison Square. That's smart. Uh, I could go to, I guess, Save on Foods or Superstore further up the block, but I like the Safeway over here. So I prefer it to the one at St. B. Yeah, I just, you know, I'm just uh, hearkening back in my mind to when my brother lived in Vancouver, and that was my favorite thing, uh, a boat going to visit my brother in Vancouver is you park your car and you didn't need it. You didn't need it all weekend because everything was within walking distance. And if you're doing a dinner, you pick up everything. If if this store didn't have it, the next place had it. And if they didn't have it there, well, then you maybe had to go to one other location. You get your fresh fruit and vegetables, your fresh meat, everything. This is part of the lifestyle. And that's how you can have 450 or 500 square foot condominiums because people do their grocery shopping essentially every day, just yeah. on their way, walking home from the bus stop. That's how I prefer to grocery shop. Eat it as you need it because food, anytime there's a big grocery shop that's done now in my home where uh, my girlfriend will go out and we'll spend 100 to $150 on groceries, I bet you $20 of those groceries ends up in the trash. Well, statistically, we don't, we don't get to it. sorry to interrupt you, but statistically it's more than that. It's about 30 to 40% of everything we buy grocery-wise ends up in the trash, at least as a, as a, a dollar-wise. Okay. You know, and... And a lot of that is the fresh, fruit, fresh, fresh. <laughs> uh, my mouth is already on holidays. Fresh fruit and vegetables. This is about the time McNabb checked out last week. <laughs> I'm not checking out. I just, uh, <laughs> you know me. Uh, fresh fruit and vegetables are some one of the things we covet most. Yep. And they end up being the things we we waste the most because they're perishable. So we actually had something rotting in our fridge. Uh, earlier this week and it was to the point where it was making us gag when we would open the fridge and I like I inspect I went through everything I was pulling we had like a couple of peppers in a bag I pull those out smell those no mushrooms no what is it I open the drawer I I and here's the thing I did the visual inspection just at the, the surface level inspection but it didn't pull things out of the drawer so the lettuce the uh, head of iceberg lettuce looked fine on top but underneath it was kind of like that uh, the, the bag of hot dog buns that I bought where it looked fine on top but underneath it was mold well the lettuce looked fine on top but underneath it was a cocktail of scent uh, how's, how's about that it was, was it trying to become a part of the yeah. fridge like a permanent <laughs> yes. fixture and it had it was only it had only been in there like two weeks so I don't know what happened but I had to take everything out and like deep clean that fridge my baba does this thing with the lettuce where she takes it apart she washes it and then she puts it in a brown paper bag Really? To store it. And her lettuce seems to keep an extended period of time. If you have a trick on lettuce, send it to us, 204-780-6868, because I think of all the stuff that we throw at my house when it comes to fresh produce, it's lettuce right at the top of the list. And it's gotten expensive. It's not like you can buy a 99-cent head of iceberg lettuce anymore. Yeah. And if, it go, if you use a third of it, it's not a big deal. I know we shouldn't have that cavalier attitude towards food in the first place, yeah. but when it's three, four, five bucks for a head of lettuce, it's a little bit more precious material, right? The brown bag thing, yeah. 
yeah, I'd like to try that. And I did read somewhere that lettuce in particular should not be, like, you should take it out of whatever. Like, if I buy a romaine lettuce, it often comes in that wrap. Sure. So I'll take that off, and I'll often just leave the lettuce in, not a brown a paper bag, but just uh, uh, the bag that I put the lettuce in at the grocery store, just so that it has room to breathe. Because I think by keeping it sort of wrapped tight, that's when it tends to run amok. But with the iceberg lettuce, uh, yeah, I forgot to do that. But uh, just on the subject of walking everywhere, while I loved living on Corden the most, I also lived in Osborne Village, and that was pretty sweet. Like, I didn't need to drive anywhere, at least for, like, stuff that I needed immediately, because I could walk to the Safeway on River. There was a blockbuster video down the street when I could still go rent movies. I could walk to any a host of restaurants. Carlos and Murphy's was right there. Baked Expectations was right there. I would whether this, there was a sushi place and walking, a couple of sushi places and walking distance. The Liquor Mart also in walking distance. Shoppers Drug Mart, Movie Village, and so on and so on. Cold beer store at the zoo. That's right. There was a beer vendor there too. Yeah. So everything I needed really was in walking distance. So that was one of the cool things about living in that village. So it is nice circling back to the, the Bothwell. Uh, it's nice to be able to walk somewhere <laughs> and get what you need. Because uh, I, I thought, should I park or should I just drive home and walk up? So that's what I did. I just drove home, drop off my stuff, walk back down the street. Nice day. Is there this what go. we should talk about when we uh, open the microphones at 835? I think that's uh, I think that's uh, that's the plan. Oh wait, it's eight forty four. The the train of thought sometimes gets derailed with Mackling and McGarry when McNabb's not here to sort of keep us in line. Yep. But uh, you can weigh in on any of the topics we just discussed, including the lettuce trick. Here's one right now at two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. Wash lettuce and let dry, and then layer between paper towels in an airtight container. Keeps for a long time. Okay. Hmm. My husband calls the crisper the place where vegetables go to die. Your husband is correct. Yeah. Yep. I'm like, come on. Like, how could it possibly sound like anything other than what she's singing? Mm, Jeff Forte, you were correct. We got a text. Oh, that was me. My hot dog. No, dogs. no, but you said it does sort of sound oh, yeah. like what the listeners said. Take a compliment. Uh, okay, I'll take they it. They don't come very often from me. We've, if you're just tuning in, we've been talking this morning about misheard song lyrics. And it started yesterday when Jeff played Black Betty. Just as a music bumper, as we call it, going out of a segment. And Uliana, loyal listener, immediately texted us a meme with different lyrics for the Bama Lamb part of Black Betty. And uh, one of them was Bramble Jam, Rambutans, a Facebook profile picture of one named Pam Balam. That's my favorite. And that my favorite, I think, was the Panda Lamps. Well, I didn't figure that one out, so... Because that one, that, took, that was kind of like a brain teaser. And then consequently, uh, just <laughs> coincidentally, yesterday, our colleague over at Power 97, Kirby from Philly Joe and Kirby, tweeted out that for 10 years, 
She thought and would sing aloud that she thought the first lyric for Brian Adams' Summer of 69. Greg's going to see Brian Adams Monday. Uh, what are the, the first lyrics for that song? I got my first real six string. Well, Kirby thought it was got my first real sex dream. Well, that could work too. Yeah. But that's not what he sings. <laughs> so we've been having a conversation this morning about misheard song lyrics, and we have never received so many text messages at 204 780 6868, including my hot dogs go on. So thank you very much for. Like on the grill, on the, uh, like on the element, go in, like. I don't know. I would prefer them to go on the grill. I prefer them but, on the grill. But I so. did. I did once uh, fry some hot dogs. They were like they were like bacon cheddar hot dogs. They stunk. The smell was awful, but the taste was to if, die for. If you don't have a barbecue, that is the way to go. Yeah, is to go on like the the skillet, the mm -hmm. iron skillet. Okay, maybe just a tiny bit of butter mm -hmm. to separate the wieners from the skillet. Mm -hmm. And then you finish them off under the broiler, bun, wiener, a little bit of cheese, pre-made bacon, and just toast it until the cheese starts bubbling. Oh, my gosh. So hungry now. Mm, yum. Now, one of our listeners also texted us a link, a helpful link to something that we referred to in our previous segment. I was saying Doug Brown's suggestion that the Bombers would lose uh, is like Jack, what Jackie Childs used to say on Seinfeld. And... It's outrageous, egregious, preposterous. It's definitely preposterous. It's outrageous, egregious, preposterous. Classic. Classic. I wonder how many times that guy... I mean, he's done other things in his career. Phil Morris is the actor's name, but he's that, that character, Jackie Childs, he probably gets stopped in the street from every day. People saying, can you just say the line? And how does it go again? I closed it. Outrageous, egregious, preposterous. I like the way you re that you were able to retain that. Well done. I, I will forget it in about five minutes' time. But Jackie Childs, Seinfeld, as Jeff Braun has been telling you in Global News, this weekend, I believe, marks the... 30th anniversary of the debut episode. Actually, it's today, July 5th. The Seinfeld Chronicles aired on July 5th, 1989. And it was only, there was just a pilot episode that year. The second episode didn't air until next year, mm -hmm. the following year, but 30 years since Seinfeld started. Well, his apartment changed so much after that pilot episode. He sort of had like an atrium in his apartment. I think it was a studio apartment. I don't even think he had a bedroom in that apartment. Elaine was not in that episode, but I told you this morning, I remember setting my VCR to record that because I have always been a gigantic fan of Jerry Seinfeld's stand-up. Him and David Brenner, when they would come on The Tonight Show, that was cannot miss for me. Really? Yeah. And so when I heard Jerry Seinfeld was getting a show, and I think I think it was on after, was, no, Friends didn't come on until a few years after that. But um, the whole idea that they were going to give him his own show, I didn't realize they'd been giving stand-up comedians their own TV shows for years, right? Yep. Right from Red Fox. Sanford and Son. I didn't real. I knew Red Fox 
from Sanford and Son. I didn't realize he was one of the funniest guys ever. I didn't know Bob Newhart was a stand-up comedian and was like the king of comedy. Of course, knew Bill Cosby, the guy whose name should not be mentioned. But uh, Seinfeld, that was that was sort of my first generation stand-up comedian that was getting his own stand-up. Or, uh, pardon me, his own uh, his own sitcom. Yeah, the Seinfeld Chronicles aired July 5th, 1989 with Jerry and George bantering in Pete's coffee shop, not Monk's, as it would later be called. A more subdued, calmer-haired Kramer, although he was then called Kessler, also appears, but Elaine didn't show up until the second episode, which aired the following year. The pilot was the only episode that aired in 1989. NBC didn't order more episodes of what would become the Emmy-winning Seinfeld until a year later. Here's Here's a clip from that pilot. See, now to me, that button's in the worst possible spot. The second button literally makes or breaks the shirt. Look at it. It's too high. It's in no man's land. You look like you live with your mother. Are you through? You do, of course, try on when you buy. Yes, it was purple. I liked it. I don't actually recall considering the button. Oh, you don't recall? Uh, no, uh, not at this time. I don't know that I've ever seen the pilot episode of Seinfeld. I'd like to think that I've seen every single episode, but I'm sure that that there's one that I've missed because most of Seinfeld, most of the Seinfeld I watched was just on reruns. So sometimes they would run through them pretty good, like they'd run through a whole season where you turn it on and every day it's the next episode. But right. then sometimes they would just jumble them and uh, would be like, oh, I guess I'm watching the contest again. Oh, well, oh, oh, darn. Mm-hmm. Or whatever classic episode. They're almost all classic episodes. But I need to get my hands on this first episode. I noticed last night when I was uh, clicking through Crave TV and all the different TV series that they have on demand, Seinfeld is on that Crave on demand. So I don't know if the Seinfeld Chronicles is on there or not, but that's where I would start. Good call. And Jeff Braun actually put together a wonderful package on the Couch Potatoes 40th anniversary, or 30th anniversary of the Couch Potato of uh, Seinfeld. So you can get that on the Couch Potatoes podcast, which is now available, or you can tune in tomorrow at noon on CJOB or Sunday uh, at 6 p.m. on 680 CJOB. Up next, I think the tweet read something like, I scream, you scream, we all scream for justice. We'll explain what that means. This better not be coming a thing. We'll explain what that means, but this particular song here, somebody said... (laughs) Hang on, what did the text read? How about all the lyrics by Mick Jagger in Jumping Jack Flash? (laughs) Except for the chorus. Can barely understand a word except the chorus. 914, we'll check your forecast in three minutes on CJOB. Maxwell Smart, 1886. I like it. Another great suggestion at 204-780-6868 on misheard song lyrics. And what's the one on Rocket Man? Rocket Man burning up some shoes out on the lawn. (laughs) 
Keep those suggestions coming in. Weigh in on Facebook and on Instagram on Misheard Song Lyrics. Told you last week, I had the opportunity to golf at Pine Ridge for the first time with Torque Brewing for the Misericordia Health Center Foundation Annual Tournament. And Greg, I'm sorry you couldn't make it because you, like me, had never golfed at Pine Ridge. It was spectacular. Mm-hmm. So it was difficult to turn down the invitation. Thank you, Torque, for inviting me. I love that course, and I promise, I promise, guys, I'll play better next time. I really play like a chump. One of the guys on the team, though, he told me his story. And unfortunately, with our jobs, sometimes, Greg, I'm, I don't know how it is for you, but I have a hard time turning off that part of the brain where I'm always looking for good stories to share. Uh, but you never know when you're going to meet someone with a great story. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why we don't sleep half the time. Yeah. We're always thinking about it, always having an ear open, even when we're sleeping. Yeah. So this is a really cool success story. So to summarize, this is the story of a man who had a good job, lost it, Decided to branch out on his own in that same field, took a huge risk, but now he is off and running and is wildly successful. His name is Brendan Pritchard. He runs Tap and Rail Beverage Group by himself. We spoke with Brendan yesterday after the show to find out first... What is Tap and Rail Beverage Group? Yeah, so Tap and Rail Beverage Group is a sales agency for uh, craft beer, wine, and spirits. Um, in Manitoba. So basically what I do is I, I source popular or good brands from other provinces uh, in the craft uh, field. And I uh, kind of reach out and see if they would be interested in selling their products in Manitoba. And and if so, then we kind of go through the steps and I look after everything from getting them registered, getting their products registered, getting them to Manitoba, finding distribution for them and then getting them into the stores and and getting them sold so basically i do everything that they need done and and they just provide me with the beer and so i try to make it as easy as possible for them craft beer really seems to be taking hold here brendan i just saw some statistics in the last week or so that would indicate that the the major breweries are seeing a slowdown and a decrease in their sales somewhere in the neighborhood of five percent where craft brewing is seeing an increase of over 10 percent in consumption of their product it's quite the shift Definitely. Yeah, I, I think more and more people are getting away from, I mean, back in the day, we didn't, there wasn't that much choice. Even when I started drinking, there wasn't that much choice. You had your five or six or 10 major brands and there wasn't all the different uh, styles of beer even. And so I think more and more people um, through festivals like Flatlanders, like Brew at the Zoo, like Oktoberfest are kind of getting out there and, and, trying and sampling some of these products and and realizing that that craft beer isn't as big and scary as they uh, were made to believe and and that there is a a craft beer or two that that they really do enjoy. Well, big and scary is probably how I would describe uh, how it may have been for you entering into this venture. So before Tap and Rail Beverage Group, you had a good job. Who was that with? That was with uh, SAB Miller Canada. So Miller um, split off from Molson, um, and and the, basically the reasoning behind that is they wanted to bring some of their other iconic brands to Canada, and they uh, weren't seeing that happening with Molson, so they just wanted to take control of the brands. Not that Molson wasn't doing a great job with the ones that they had here, because they were, but uh, they just had a, a really big portfolio that wasn't getting showcased, just due to Molson already having so many great brands here that they were trying to focus on. So. They separated from them and, and started their own sales force and 
uh, I got kind of chosen to be part of that starting group that kind of brought Miller Lite to uh, to Canada. We started with a fairly small portfolio, and the plan was to keep growing with some of their brands like uh, Line and Kugels and, and some of the ones that you actually are seeing coming now through Molson. But yeah, we kind of got uh, stopped in our tracks. We got bought out by AB InBev, who is basically for people here know it as Labatt's, but it's a, a big giant conglomerate for just north of $100 billion. And then uh, everyone across Canada was uh, was let go, unfortunately. So That whole, uh, it's interesting you mentioned Line and Kugels because that was my first experience with what I thought was a smaller brewery in Wisconsin. You can go on the brewery tour just as you cross the Wisconsin line, maybe 45 minutes past uh, the Minnesota-Wisconsin border. And I did the whole tour. Come and visit Line and Kugels, established 1867, old as Canada, and you get to the end and you find out it was bought by Miller Brewing Company in 1990 or 1985, and it's a little bit of a letdown. But the the, the absolute reverse, I think, has happened. You mentioned the big, scary world of of, of micro-brews or, or craft brewery. It's almost like you've made the Jerry Maguire move here to, to concentrate and, and give some smaller clients very personalized service. Is that a fair analogy? Absolutely. So basically, when I uh, when I lost that job, I kind of started thinking about. Uh, obviously, I had uh, I'd gone on some tours in Milwaukee, uh, being with Miller, and I'd gone down there. But uh, a bigger passion of mine was becoming the, the smaller craft that I was finding when I would go on these tours. So I had been down to Denver as well, um, and you see so many of these like little smaller um, craft beers that hadn't been bought up by by the bigger companies yet. And just to see like the passion that was going into their their micro brews and the just the amount that they were able to leverage if there was a a cool beer that they wanted to do and and all the little mini batch stuff that they were able to do and uh it really kind of stole me and i I was really interested in craft, but just in Manitoba, there was at the time just not a lot of jobs for craft um we were just kind of getting our feet wet starting to come into the craft boom that we have now. So um, I was looking actively for craft breweries to represent, um, but none of them could afford to to pay a full-time sales guy uh, the kind of wages that obviously the bigger companies can. Um, so then I started kind of doing side gigs with, with a few different ones where I was kind of helping them and advising them and helping them get their brands in. And that was kind of when I come up, came up with the uh, idea to possibly start an agency where I could look after uh, multiple craft breweries so that it wouldn't be that big um, sales salary coming out of one craft brewery, but they would all kind of help uh, to pay um, based on a commission structure. They would all kind of pay me a percentage of, of what their sales were, and uh, and then I could hopefully make a go of it like that so that was kind of where the idea came from and then yeah so now i uh, am able to work with multiple guys and and it doesn't cost any of them enough that it's going to break the bank because like i said they're all smaller companies trying to get their product out there but it's all just based on on the amount of sales that they have in the province our guest is Brendan Pritchard. He runs Tap and Rail Beverage Group. It's a one-man show. He's a Winnipeg entrepreneurial success story. How long have you been doing this with Tap and Rail Beverage Group? I started it in October of 2017. 
And it was kind of, was it a little scary at first in terms of how much money you were bringing in for yourself? It was absolutely terrifying, yes. <laughs> so what what convinced you to stay with it? I have a really good support system with uh, with my wife. She uh, was the one a couple times I was offered a job that would come up in the alcohol industry, and it was an easy way just to go back to a, a for sure salary coming in. And, and, yeah, definitely at the start it was tempting when <laughs> there was literally uh, no money basically coming in, and, and it was just basically hoping that, this idea of mine was going to finally turn into something eventually and uh, she was kind of the one her and uh, and my mom were both kind of said that you've already bet on yourself and if you don't stick with it then you're going to look back in the future and kind of wonder what could have been because you didn't give it enough time to really uh, turn into anything so give it a little bit of time and and see what it turns into bet on yourself and so I did, and and ended up uh, it ended up being a good bet. Well, the the brewery and the and the beer component of this story is very interesting, but it, it's also fascinating to me uh, the story around entrepreneurship and this whole idea of betting on yourself and needing a support system and going about your business in a certain fashion is something that I like to discuss and, and get the opinion from entrepreneurs such as yourself, Brendan, this idea of how things have changed. And maybe you haven't seen this. Maybe you have um, for a long time when you when you came up with an invention or or a new idea was an idea of, of you kind of kept it to yourself and, and you didn't want to tell anybody. But now it feels as though even businesses, and it's not just the, the craft beer, beer industry, it's the food industry, it's the rest restaurant industry it's other industries that are taking this collaborative approach where they're working together because they see the big picture they understand the benefit of working together towards a common goal if the industry uh, or area of the economy is is going overall well then if everybody gets a certain part of it it benefits everyone involved absolutely i I think there's a ton of evidence even to support that i mean for craft beer i know that the support system even amongst the the craft beer brewers is huge uh you see it here in manitoba all of the guys some lots of them have have helped other breweries to get started whether it's letting them come into uh, their brewery and and brew there until they kind of get their feet under them and and get started or um whether it's they all kind of collaborate together and, and do some cool uh festivals they did their own, own october fest festival last year the uh, manitoba brewers did and, and did an amazing job of it. So I think definitely in, in that industry, but I think even in any industry, just having more people there and, and more interest kind of helps to build a better understanding of, of what you're doing. And, and the more kind of people you can get on board and, and doing the same thing, people will take uh, recognition of that. And I think that's what Kraft is doing a really good job of right now. And, and even collaborations between breweries where two breweries get together and one guy does this really well, one guy does this really well, and they blend their styles, and they end up coming with another amazing beer um, that maybe neither one of them alone would have thought of. And just sharing ideas. There's lots of conferences throughout the year. At the Canadian Brewing Awards every year, they have a couple days with the conferences where they all kind of sit down and uh, mash ideas together for what's working for canning, what's working for this, what's working for that, what styles are coming in, how to do those styles. And, and it's just kind of a big collaborative effort even to see it on the on the canadian scale is, is even cooler than the provincial level just to see everyone across canada coming together and, and sharing best practices and, and what they've learned and 
and helping the the guys that might just be starting to uh, to grow as well. Now, on the subject of collaborative effort, the connection between Tap and Rail and Torque is Torque handles Tap and Rail storage and distribution for beers that are not sold in liquor marts, i.e., privately sold in beer vendors. In return, he pays Torque, so it's win-win for both. The storage is in Torque's warehouse, by the way, at 830 King Edward, where they have a tap room too. If you want to try out their delicious beers, I recommend the Torque Blonde. By the way, uh, Greg John from Torque texted me listening to the Misheard Songs conversation, and he said they were actually going to call a beer this the word. Mondegreen, which is a mishearing or misinterpretation of a phrase as a result of a near homophony. I'm not homophony. Not sure if I'm saying that right. Homophony Jeff, sounds right. Jeff, Jeff Career, you should know. Homophony? You're the smartest guy in this room right now. Well, that's <laughs> we're not setting the bar real high here, are we? <laughs> Well, you know what? We'll Sorry, talk. Just kidding. I don't know. I don't know what a homophony is. Well, we'll check. We've got to confirm the pronunciation of that. By the way, if you're in- interested in seeing the full list of brands from Tap and Rail, go to tapandrail.com, and you can also follow them on Instagram. Brendan Pritchard, thank you for sharing your success story. Hey, thanks for listening to the Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG, that's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.